So, Rachel. Yeah? The Enterprise races to rescue Deanna Troy from a crashed shuttle, which is being held captive by an alien life form. Oh, where's she gone? Coming back from a conference again? Mm -hmm. The aliens will tell her no one's coming for her, but she'll sense Picard and the gang are close. Let's say she'll have a sexy graze on her face and a ripped shoulder on her costume. Mm -hmm. Riker will have a swoon moment trying to save somebody and hopefully Yar will do something. Yes, Yar will do something. Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's Log, Stardate 41601.3. We are crossing through the Zed Lapis sector where we will rendezvous with Shuttlecraft 13 carrying Deanna Troy, who is returning from a conference. Because engineering is involved in preventative maintenance on our dilithium crystals, we are presently travelling on impulse power. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm watching this episode for the first time. In fact, all of these episodes for the first time with my super nerdy husband, Star Trek loving Chris. That's me. I love Star Trek. And this episode made me very sad. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is a classic episode. I'm not going to spoil anything here. I don't think for anybody. But this is the last episode of Tasha Yar. Yeah. You knew that, though, going into it. I did. I did. Yeah. We begin with a cute scene between Yar and Worf. He tells her she's the favourite to win a martial arts competition. She asks to practice and move on him as he's the toughest on the ship and she's thrilled that he bets on her as a sure thing in the ship pool. She looks at him for too long, smiling, and makes him uncomfortable. Does he never smile? Mm, boy, he doesn't really smile. Presumably he can. He kind of has a self-pleased smile. I think that's the most <laughs> you ever get out of him, really. Oh, I presume he'll get sort of possessed and drugged at some point like Spock oh. did. No, no, I mean, he has emotions. He's just, yeah. he wants to control well everything in his emotions. But this was a nice moment here. Yeah. And I was reading where they were talking about if they had more scenes like this with her, she wouldn't have quit the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So little puppy dogs, Picard and Riker, are looking forward to seeing Troy again. <laughs> Aw. How long was that conference? <laughs> yeah, goodness sake. How dependent on her are they? She's probably only been gone two days. <laughs> Worf receives an emergency distress from Troy's shuttle. They've lost navigation and engines. The Enterprise has no warp available to get to the shuttle due to the maintenance that's going on. Oh dear. Lieutenant Commander Lynch says it'll be more than 20 minutes to get warp back. He's the engineer at the moment, I suppose. But Picard kirks him into submission. Three minutes is all you've got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the shuttle is caught in Varga 2's gravity. Lynch carries out a big rose quartz looking thing. It's an Iothium crystal. Very pretty. And forces the computer to override the safety checks to get the warp back on stat. Do you know what healing properties that a dilithium crystal's got? <laughs> if you were selling it in your New Age bookshop a few decades I, ago. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it just has general healing mm. properties. It is said. It's Some said. say. Some say that it has properties that could heal one. <laughs> and I say that it's a pretty rock. <laughs> he tells Picard minimum warp is available. So Picard says, screw you. Make a warp eight. <laughs> Done. Okay. Man, I, I feel bad for this Lynch guy. Yeah. Who's just doing things by the book. Well. How would Picard feel if he overrid all those safety protocols and then caused an explosion and then mm-hmm. everybody died? Well, anything goes when we're looking for Troy, apparently. <laughs> 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 they arrive in orbit of Vagra 2. No signal from the shuttle and, as usual, data reads no life forms on the planet. Luckily, the air is breathable. It's a Class M planet! 
while. <laughs> Even though all the planets they go to seem to be Class M. Oh, yeah. I miss that song. Morph locates the crash shuttle, but they can't beam up Troy and Prado as something is blocking the sensors. Sensors. Both Worf and Data pronounce it that way, proving they are the two-for-one Spock replacements. That's true, yes. Yeah, I noticed that too when Worf said sensors. That must be the way it's translated from the Klingon, I guess. Or is he speaking in English, do you think? I guess he's speaking in English. Yeah. It's very confusing what's actually going on on that ship. Riker, Data, Yar, and Crusher beam down. The shuttle is embedded in a rock face. It's crashed and you can see the nacelles are all akimbo on either side of it. Mm-hmm. As they start to walk to the shuttle, there is this black river, kind of looks like tar yeah. or oil, and as they move to go around it, it moves to block them. Interesting. The effect's pretty good. The yeah. close-ups look like black oily slime. When it moves, it's not shiny enough, so it looks like a shadow. Mm-hmm. But close enough. Yeah. We then have lots of back and forth between them, trying to understand how the thing works. Data keeps confirming he has insufficient information. Asked to hypothesize if it's life, yes, it's possible. Then this. Very good, Tin Man. What is it, number one? What are you seeing? It's the Wiz! It's the Wizard of Oz, Tin Man! Oh, right! And a disembodied deep voice. Oh, right. There's going to be a little bit more Wizard of Oz in later in the episode. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it's true. A faceless figure covered in black slime rises from the slick to a fabulous, squelching, deep breathing effect. Mm. Riker chats to the slick. His name is Amos. He thinks wanting to help their injured friends is not a good enough reason to want to get to the shuttle. Interesting that he thinks in such a different way. Mm-hmm. What they think of as simple morality is just bizarre to him. Undeterred, Riker explains that preserving life is important to all humans. And they continue. We believe everything in the universe has a right to exist. An interesting notion which I do not share. You may leave now, if you wish. We are not going without our shuttle crew. I warn you. Enough. We have people who need attention. We won't hurt you, but we must help them. Number one. The creature attacked us. Lieutenant Yar is down. It seems to feed on our phaser energy. We had no effect on it. What's Lieutenant Yar's condition? Dr. Crusher, report. She's dead. They're gonna kill her off? Well, you didn't know they killed her off? No, I thought she'd just leave. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they kill her. They kill her dead. They beam up. Crusher puts her on life support, but the synaptic network is breaking down. Crusher orders increased microvolts of direct reticular stimulation, but unfortunately none of it works, and she is dead. She stays dead. You don't see that very often, do you? No. If they kill somebody, they bring them back to life, at least, say Spock or other people that have died in this show, Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, at the time, I remember thinking... 
that they'll bring her back at some point somehow. On Varga 2, Armis moves to cover the shuttle. So he like envelops it. So there's this black kind mm -hmm. of shell on the outside of it. Inside, Prado is unconscious. The poor guy's lying there. <laughs> with his face down on the console, and it looks really uncomfortable yeah. for that actor. Couldn't they put him in a better place? Oh. Why doesn't Troy help him? Is she pinned down? She doesn't move at all, so I think mm. she might be stuck. She tries to contact the ship, but Armis is blocking the communication. She can feel his presence, and she felt Yar die. Mm. Armis gloats he did it to amuse himself. Troy notes he thought it would, but it didn't. She thinks he wants to break their spirits and tells him he won't. Good idea, he says. Break your spirits, you say. Yeah, he's no good. Mm -hmm. he's well, good. <laughs> yeah, he's a very damaged, vicious jerk. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk more about that, obviously, when yeah. we get to concepts. In the conference room, Crusher, Data, Riker all express anger at Yar's unprovoked death. Picard taps the table with his fingers to quiet them and says they will have to deal with their pain of her death when the crisis is resolved. Worf is now the acting chief of security. Mm. Riker asks to return to the planet. LaForge volunteers. His visor may see something that they don't. Yeah, let's hope. Riker asks Worf to join them, but Worf believes that he would be better used at tactical. Do you think he's tempted, but he knows he wouldn't be able to control his anger down there? Yeah, I do. There is a moment of hesitation where it almost looks like he's going to get up and then he stops and he thinks, mm. you know, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do here. I think he even says that violence isn't going to solve this yeah. I, I'm going to be better at the tactical station. They've already determined the creature wants them to perform for his entertainment. What are they going to do? They can't He's blow so it powerful. up. powerful. Yeah, they yeah. can't blow it up. So there's nothing. They're going to have to try and negotiate with it or trick it in some way, I yeah. guess, to get past it. And he has just been given the new job. So that was a bit cheeky of Riker to try and poach him on the first <laughs> second of it. On the planet, Armas is still stretched over the shuttle. It's a good effect. It works yeah. well, I think. Surprised that they returned for her. You must be very special, he says. We are members of a community, she replies. We all care for one another. Equally? He asks. It just baffles him completely. Mm -hmm. Troy senses he was abandoned by his kind and feels his emptiness. We're having some proper therapy sessions now rather right, than her yeah. just occasionally sensing something. Mm. On the ship, Worf notes that Armis's energy went down when he enveloped the shuttlecraft. Picard asks them to chart it and see if there's a pattern. Mm. Armis rises up as a figure again. LaForge examines Armis with his visor as Riker and Crusher pleads with Armis to let them see their injured crew members. Only if you say please. Gross. Bev does say please, and he allows her to contact Troy via the combatch. Armis is then angry that this isn't enough for them and they still want to go and see her and help her. He throws Data's phaser down and LaForge's visor and makes Geordie feel around in the sand to try and get it back. Data tries to help him first physically and then through giving him directions with his voice, but Armas keeps moving it away. Data says he won't try to help Jordy again because that would be helping Armas to hurt him. Angry that the crew won't amuse him, Armas allows Data to give Jordy the visor and then leaves. Yeah, he envelops the shuttle again for another therapy session. <laughs> the original inhabitants of Varga 2 made it so their negative drives would be physically shed as a dank and vile second skin. Whoa. They became creatures whose beauty now dazzles all who see them and left the planet. Yikes, so it made them physically beautiful and pure to leave behind all their bad bits. Yeah, I guess so. The parts they left behind coalesced into Armus. Goodness me. Troy expresses sympathy for him and Armus temporarily lets his guard down. But then he gets mad at her sympathy. He shakes the shuttle, then moves to pull Riker towards him. Why don't the others try to help? Well, Armis threatens to kill Riker if any of them touches him. Oh, right. Oh, I missed that bit. 
So Riker is sucked into the slick. Picard orders the away team to return to the ship, but Armis warns that if they leave, Riker and the crash survivors will be killed. Riker's frozen face briefly surfaces, racked with pain, before disappearing back into the pool. Yikes, it's got black stuff all in his mouth and yeah. eyes. Filling his mouth. Yeah, it's pretty gross. He did the stunt himself, apparently. Really? Freaks, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know about the face bit, uh, uh, but certainly on memory, Alfred said he did the going into the lake and yeah. coming out of the lake himself. Mm -hmm. LeVar Burton saw him covered in sludge and said, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Freaks later said it was absurd to have put himself through it. <laughs> Troy pleads with Armis to let Riker go, willing to give her life for his. A totally convincing performance from Surtis. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Picard beams down. Data tells him since death can no longer alleviate Armis's boredom, then Riker is indeed still alive. Mm. Picard asks to see his crew members, but refuses to entertain Armis in return. No soliloquy, Picard? <laughs> yeah. Go on, give us a little something. <laughs> Armis controls Data then, pointing his phaser at Crusher, then Picard. How would it feel if you were responsible for their deaths, he asks Data. I wouldn't be your control in the phaser, says Data, so he's not having any of this. Mm -hmm. Armis makes Data point the phaser at Bev, then Geordie, then his own head, then drops it. Bev does admit she was scared, but she'll not beg Armis to spare her. One of you is going to die, and you, Doctor, get to choose. You don't like that, do you? Then I choose myself. No, you are going to live. One of them dies. Maybe this one, though I would not call it death since he is only a device. Tell me, Tin Man, how does it feel to face your own extinction? Curious. You are capable of great sadism and cruelty. Interesting. No redeeming qualities. So what do you think? I think you should be destroyed. A moral judgment from a machine. Oh, it's thick with concepts. Yeah. These scenes. And I noticed that they didn't ask them to choose which of them should die. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they just would have refused flat out, but I noticed my own prejudice thinking that Data was less valuable than the humans because he could be remade or something. Oh, they don't yeah. They don't think of him that way. No. Well, you find out that Data can't be remade. Mm. That's the thing. I mean, he can be kind of repaired in ways, but there are certain things that can happen to him that he is he can be irreparably damaged. Yeah, well, thanks to that flipping fresh air interview with Patrick Stewart, I now know Data dies. <laughs> So I'll try and forget it. <laughs> but he doesn't die until the last movie. Oh, okay. So you've got a long time before that happens. All right. So only that will be spoiled. Yeah. But I got to tell you, by by that time. No one cares. Yeah. 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 I Aww. felt this. I'm going to open up a little bit here. I kind of didn't care much for the movies. They're, oh. they're all right. But yeah. They'd already flogged it, had they, by then? Yeah. Mm. And they were trying different stuff with Data, and I felt like the stuff they were doing with him didn't really work too well. And so when he died, it was kind of like, well. That wasn't really him anyway. Seems fit. Yeah, okay. Seems like a good ending to the story. Huh. Well, you that's know, something to look forward to then, isn't if it? If we're spoiling it, might as well go all the way. <laughs> Picard plays it cool and says they will leave, refuses to amuse Armas unless he lets them see his crew people. 
He brings Riker to the surface and they wipe the slime from his face. Yikes. All in his eyes, nose, mouth, everything. Yeah. That's Briggs, yeah. I mean, not that it's any worse than it being a crew person, but ooh, I don't... <laughs> well, there's stunt... How do you even breathe? There's stunt people that that's their job to do those types of things. Yeah, they're trained for it. Yeah, but ugh. <laughs> Picard says that this is between you and me. Let the others go. And he does. So they beam the, everybody up to the ship and Picard is transported inside the shuttle by Armis. Ah, Picard's so noble, so brave. Yeah, Armis has got his own transporter tech. Well, he can do a lot. He yeah. can transport Picard in there. He basically do, can do telekinesis, but through walls, I guess, as well. Yeah. yeah. It seems quite powerful, this thing. He must have damaged the shuttle and pulled it to the planet then, I guess. That's possible. I think it's Picard guesses early on in the episode. Yeah. Hmm. It's just a guess. We don't really get confirmation on that. Pietro is still alive, face down on the console. And he doesn't and help him. No recovery position or nothing. Yeah. He just yeah. lets him in that uncomfortable position lay there. I suppose if he's been alive this long, might as well just leave him. I guess so. Picard tells Troy Yar couldn't be revived. And of course we get to see her reaction as the last to know about Yar's death. Yeah. With Troy's insights... He works out how to distract Armis for long enough for Troy and Pietro to be rescued. Yeah, she kind of indicates what his sensitive points might be. Seems that when his defenses are down emotionally, kind of thing, mm -hmm. it stops the signals from being as blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Armis asks Picard for transport. He wants vengeance on those who left him. Picard attempts to sympathize with Armis, but Armis retorts by taunting him over Yar's death. On the Enterprise, Worf and Wesley notice that Armas' energy field is almost weakened enough for Troy and Pietro to be transported. Armas threatens to kill Picard, Troy, and Pietro. Picard says that you will still be immortal and alone forever. Mm. Armas groans in pain. They are able to beam up Troy and Pietro, and Picard beams up too, saying, I won't take you anywhere. And that seems to be the ultimate horror for him. Imagining being immortal there alone forever. Mm. Is it crazy that I thought they'd help him in some way rather uh, than leaving him alone for eternity? I thought they would as well. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, because he's dangerous. Yeah. Obviously like a homicidal, psychopath, violent. Yeah. So to help him. Can't be reasoned with. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's one of those things that they can earmark and say, send some psychiatrists over here and <laughs> see if there's a way to save this guy. Or Send Troy back a couple of times a month but maybe they could have offered him the option of dying i don't know how they could have done that yeah because when they used their phases on him he just sucked up the energy yeah. so yeah, gosh what is that other episode where you just hear the being crying out mournfully in pain as they leave oh, right that was um was that, that was the animated, animated series, series. Yeah. Right, yeah yeah it reminds me of that picard orders that the shuttle be destroyed with a photon torpedo so that armus will not have the chance to leave even if he could repair it or something mm. and declares the planet off limits nobody will ever go there mm. whoa but the damage has already been done of course yar is dead on the holodeck, a blue sky and grassy knoll set the scene for Yar's memorial. Worf, Data, LaForge, Beverly, and Wesley Crusher are there, as well as Riker, Troy, and Picard. Riker is holding Troy as she cries. Bev is holding Wesley's hand. Picard says they will all grieve for her in their own way and turns the service over to a hologram of Yar to celebrate her life in her own way. I'm so pleased they did this. Yeah. Because it was such a quick, arbitrary kind of death, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm glad that she got to have this send-off with her own voice being the central one she did say this that if they wrote her an episode this good she never would have left <laughs> well yeah <laughs> she didn't get to have it until she no. was on her way out yeah. here's how she begins hello my friends you are here now watching this image of me because i've died 
It probably happened while I was on duty, and quickly, which is what I expected. Never forget I died doing exactly what I chose to do. What I want you to know is how much I loved my life, and those of you who shared it with me. You are my family. You all know where I came from and what my life was like before. But Starfleet took that frightened, angry young girl and tempered her. I have been blessed with your friendship and your love. Will Riker, you are the best. You trusted me, you encouraged me, and most of all, you made me laugh. Deanna, you are capable of so much love. You taught me without ever having to say a word. I realized I could be feminine without losing anything. Ah, Worth. We are so much alike, you and I. Both warriors, orphans who found ourselves this family. I hope I met death with my eyes wide open. Interesting, the part about I could be feminine without losing anything. Mm. Huh. She then commends Bev for her excellence and devotion, tells Wesley what an exceptional, kind man he will become, thanks Geordie for supporting her to see things differently, tells Data he sees everything with the wonder of a child, which makes him more human than any of us. Now I know I have a heart because it's breaking, the Tin Man would have said. It really reminds me of that scene where Dorothy is saying goodbye to each of them and saying what they've meant to her yeah, as she yeah. goes home. Yeah. He tells Picard she never had a father, so she doesn't know what that's like, but she would choose to be like him and make him proud out of everyone in the universe. Then she finishes with, Death is that state in which one exists only in the memories of others. Hailing frequencies closed, sir. Sir. The purpose of this gathering confuses me. Oh, how so? My thoughts are not for Tasha, but for myself. I keep thinking how empty it will be without her presence. Did I miss the point? No, you didn't, Data. You got it. Oh. I'm crying again. <laughs> it was really sweet. They just hit the note right for me. Yeah. I'm crying right now. Yeah. I've got tears in my <laughs> yeah. eyes just thinking about it. And I have to say, when I first saw this episode, I don't remember feeling emotional about it. I don't think I cared mm. enough. Or it just seemed like a sci-fi thing where she'll come back. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But knowing now what I do... And seeing them in order. Yeah. And feeling like it was a real loss. Like she had so much potential as a character and that mm. that she, as a person, I should say, as a, not as a character, because that she went through all this adversity and then, and then just died. Yeah. So it's like really tragic and sad. And uh. She talks about she died doing what she loved and she had a happy life. And that's all that you can for i suppose let's get yeah. into concepts let's well the biggest one of course is that yar dies yeah i wish i didn't know that she leaves or that this was the episode that would be her last because it would have been such a shock 
Oh, yeah. The first permanent death of a regular character in Star Trek history. Yeah. According to one source, Gene's lawyer, Mazelish. Oh, goodness. Yeah, him again. Ensured Ronberry's story idea was enforced and that Yar's death happened as a matter of course during a dangerous mission, despite the differing views held by various writers involved with the story. Some felt that it was cynically manipulative, while others felt that a swift death made sense to avoid the sentimentality. Hmm. Manipulative as in, you're leaving us so you're not going to get a glory death or something? Could maybe, or just emotionally manipulative, which kind of counters the other thing that's said. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. In his online review, the author Keith R. A. DeCandido said, "Frankly, I've never gone along with the complaints about how Yar is killed. Yar going out in a blaze of glory isn't inherently any better than being casually snuffed out by sadistic oil slick. Mm. In fact, Yar's death is keeping with the deaths of security people throughout Trek history. <laughs> That's true, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, but at least she was remembered and treasured and cherished. Like yeah. they're just never thought of again, are they? As far as we know. Yeah. Uh, he continued here. Denise Crosby." has never been the best actor in the universe. But my, well, hold on. But Michael Dorn, <laughs> Jonathan Frakes, and Marina Sirtis weren't any great shakes in the first season either, mm-hmm. and their characters didn't blow the doors off. But they got better with time, and there's every reason to believe the same would have been true for Cros- Crosby had she remained. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. What do you think of that? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't quite have the subtlety sometimes that's needed well, for the show. Yeah. But generally, I think she does well with little material to play with. I think she was fine, and I think she would have just got better as the show went on, and as the yeah. as she had better scripts and better yeah. writing. Like this episode, for crying out loud. Yeah. She's great in it, yeah. and it just shows that she could do it. She did that speech in one take, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Like you've mentioned before, she said if more scripts had provided parts for her that were as strong as this episode, she would never have asked to leave the series. Mm-hmm. And if there'd been more scenes like the one between her and Worf, she may have considered staying on the show. However, she added, perhaps Tasha should have really gone out in a blaze of glory. The show is never supposed to be about violence, and it shouldn't be. But I think if you have one cause for there to be a show about a real violent battle, that was it. Let's see this supposed expert security officer do her stuff. That's from Trek, the Next Generation crew book. So she had some regrets that it wasn't a more glorious display of her expertise. I don't know. There's something even more tragic about the way that she just kind of needlessly died. And more not, real. Yeah, it felt very real to me. The deaths in TV that I remember most because they just kind of... Oh, the shock, the guttural shock of someone just suddenly being hit by a car. Yeah. And then they're gone. Yeah. And they were just listening to the radio. Sometimes you can get a sense of it because they have a moment in a scene earlier where it's clear that an, a relationship's really important to them yeah. or, you know, they're building up to something. But mm-hmm. often it's just... The arbitrary stuff of life accidents. Yeah. Yeah. Loved her hologram speech. Enjoyed that technology being used. Good job nobody else attended the funeral, though. That would have been awkward. Because <laughs> they wouldn't have been in the speech. Well, maybe it knew. Maybe the hologram had, like, other versions of it. You know, that oh, it, right. it, could, it could say, like, if Bob Johnson showed up. It's yeah. like, Bob Johnson, I always appreciated it when you got me a dessert. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Yeah. You know, like. That'd be clever, wouldn't it, if it could adapt like that? I remember another episode we were talking about this and you said that you'd uh, pretend that you were going to have to play tennis with Abe Lincoln at the end of your speech. That was mine. I wanted to do that video. (laughs) So he had a creature who's made up of the discarded badness of a whole race and is then abandoned. He's left resentful, hurt, sadistic, bored. He's got great powers, but he's stuck and alone for eternity. 
So it's the hell of immortality alone, which mm. we've had a few times in Star Trek over the years. No way for him to achieve revenge or redemption. So this is the first time he's got people on his planet and he doesn't have any skills to try and connect with them or seek support from them or yeah. don't do anything other than to taunt and torture them well, for his amusement. Well, this isn't a normal person. This is like all of their negative bad mm. stuff doesn't have access to that stuff maybe it can't Couldn't. be kind yeah maybe it's incapable of it yeah so he's a bully mm. and he's causing suffering for his amusement but he's not satisfied with it we've got a common backstory of abandonment for villains often superhero villains i think are ones who've been abandoned or they've got some kind of axe to grind over their ego has been hurt or they've been left yeah is that right some i could think of killmonger in black panther that's the only one I could think of right off the top of my head. All right. I'm thinking of that kid that Mr. Incredible wouldn't give the time of day to and then All he becomes right. the... Synapse. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's, maybe it's not as common as I think. He had powers of movement, communication. He could speak to them in English or the Universal Translator was working in spite of everything else not working. Sure. Telekinesis, through walls included. He could kill and disable a ship's functions. Yeah, he was nothing their senses could understand. Hmm, what kind of an alien is that? Well, if he's like the cast off of this other race, then think of how advanced they are. They must be mm. pure energy beings or yeah. something totally different. Yeek. Arnest treats Data as an object who would have less value than the others, but the others treat him as an equal member of the team. Mm -hmm. In contrast to Armus, the best friends gang, and I assume Starfleet in general maybe, mm -hmm. value one another equally as a community. They risk and even offer their lives to save one another. I don't yeah. know if it's general to Starfleet because uh, the miserable guy from before who uh, was interviewing everybody and then decided he wanted to be oh, right, part yes. of the team uh -huh. yeah. noticed that they were such a family, didn't he? Yeah. We had therapy. Troy had chance to finally demonstrate a deeper level of intuition and empathy. And he kept coming back to try and taunt her, but actually she understood him too well and wasn't going to fall for it and kind of got his guard down as well. So I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Yeah, I thought the concepts that were really interesting in this besides death and dealing with death is the idea of cruelty and mm. vindictiveness and revenge and anger and kind of exploring those things and what they mean and why they happen and what you're supposed to do with them and how do you deal with them and other people and other things yeah which is not a very typical sci-fi kind of thing mm, very emotional relational yeah i thought it was pretty spectacular yeah i'll give you eight out of ten as well yeah there's a concept of Having a core unmet need, so for him it would be the need to be loved or mm. for someone to stay. And then people often rise above that unmet need in one of three ways. And one of them is to go against other people, to move against people. Mm. Another one would be to move towards people, to be someone who would just accept everything that anyone did to them or said to them as long as they could be around other right. people. And another one would be to be aloof, to be above others. So entertainment. I thought it was a lovely performance from Marina. Yeah, she was great. Gave her a chance to shine in this net. A lot of crying. Yeah. Yeah. She said, as a whole, she felt she did some of her best work in this episode. I cried all day, she said. No matter how many times I heard Denise do the lines, no matter how many takes, it still made me cry. Mm. Talking about that final hologram speech. Yeah. From Trek, the Next Generation crew book. Yeah, I, I cried a bunch. It was, yeah. it was hard not to be crying all the time. Most of them weren't crying, although apparently they did on the day. It's very understated. It's sort of let the audience cry rather than have everybody yeah. falling their eyes out, isn't it? Yeah, I don't... Maybe it was just being younger or that I'm just more emotionally sensitive to these things that I don't remember feeling anything when it mm. happened before. But now I was 
deeply moved by the whole thing. So, mm. yeah, it was very, very powerful, I thought. And this is a much better episode than I remembered it being. Really nice performance from Denise. Strange that her final episode doesn't have her in it for most of it, but her presence is felt throughout it. Oh, and she yeah. gets the fantastic end scene yeah. to take it out. Yeah. The figure emerging from the slime, that happened at least 10 times, but I never got bored of it. It looked really cool. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Is it kind of like the Star Trek Darth Vader? Because he's got that breathy oh. voice <laughs> and he's black and shiny and he's evil. Well, could and be. Yeah, I could see that similarity there, sure. There's so much feeling in the voice and the breath that made up for no facial expression or gesture and really carried the scenes. It was a very talky yeah. episode, yeah. but it um, was always riveting. Mm-hmm. Did he sound a bit like, um, your mother oh. <laughs> from the crypt? <laughs> what was that character? Undead wizard uh, <laughs> in uh, a short film that I did with Greg Johnson, <laughs> The Ordeal of Randolph Carter. <laughs> interesting notion which I do not share. You may leave now, if you wish. You don't sound like you. I have a cold. You didn't an hour ago. Well, it's chilly down here. Very damp. (coughs) Right. Maybe you could bring me a scarf. Yeah. Which is on YouTube, so go watch it. It's it's a good time. (laughs) So, about the black slime, mm-hmm. it was actually a mixture of Metamucil and printer's ink. What's Metamucil? Uh, it's like a, an acid. What do you drink it? Like Pepto-Bismol sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah. Is it? God, they must have had a lot of it. Goodness sakes, the guy was able to rise up out of it. So there was at least a sort of a barrel of it somewhere. Big enough oh, for yeah. a person to crouch down into. Well, there's a whole pool of it. And the rest might have been really shallow. Yeah, but still. Yeah. The slime was created by TNG's special effects department. Westmore, that's the makeup artist, isn't it? Recalled, it was a combination of printer's ink and water-soluble gel, but I don't know what else was in it because it caused the glue in the costume, very strong shoe glue, to undo itself and the costume would fall apart. Oh, wow. Let's hope the person's face wasn't in contact with it then. Don't know how they breathed. Yeah. They didn't explain Maybe it was a model. Maybe it was a puppet. Maybe they had uh, an air tank. Well, yeah. Could be. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 for entertainment. I was pretty damn well entertained. So, I mean, there was a lot of talking and a lot of drama. I don't know, but it all kind of worked for me. Yeah, 8 out of 10. Yeah. Sexiness. Didn't really come into it, did no. it? Two and a half. Two and a half. Stupid experts. I'm not sure what else they could have done. Mm. It was a team effort to lower his defenses so they could beam up, involving Troy, Picard, and up on the ship, Worf and Wesley. Yeah. So any mistakes they made, would you say? No, I think they were very competent. I mean, obviously they underestimated this thing. and Yeah, and, well, and Yar certainly did. Yar got killed. So yeah. that's a bit of a faux pas there, <laughs> mistake. Um, so I guess a one, just because it did result in the death of a crew member. Yeah, I mean, as usual, they should go down to a planet with way more defenses than they ever do. Well, it wouldn't have made Anything, a difference. But yeah, yeah, it's true. 1.5, I'll say. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do, and if you follow all the rules, you'll still get it. So, guesses? Not too bad. It was a conference. I thought either that or going to visit her mum. Oh, yeah. I said, the aliens will tell her no one's coming, but she'll sense Picard and the gang are close. Uh, Not exactly, but she could sense them from within the shuttle when she died and Mm -hmm. that they were looking for her, I think. Yeah. She did have a sexy graze on her face, but, but no ripped costume. No. Riker didn't really have a swoon moment, did he? No. <laughs> Falling into that stuff doesn't count. Yar did indeed do something. And I wish she hadn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
But she did get to have a wonderful speech at the end, and that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. So I'm going to head out of here while you put on the teaser for next week's episode from Trek Core. On the next episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. Two to beam directly up to sickbay. A mission to save a dying scientist uncovers a deadly time experiment. Captain, it must be stopped. And reunites the captain with his first love. We need your help. The situation is not good. No, they must save the galaxy from this crippling time distortion. Only one of us is in the correct time continuum. On Star Trek, The Next Generation. All right, looks like it's going to be a fun one. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. All right, dry your little eyes out there, everybody. You dry your eyes, Chris. I can't. They keep... They keep leaking. Oh, it's okay. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other wonderful characters. And and the good news is, Denise, she's uh, she had a wonderful time doing all the convention stuff, hasn't she? Yeah. It didn't end for her then, did it? No, no. No. And she does um, that documentary that's called Trekkies and Trekkies 2. Oh, all right then. So she well, she put those together and she's in those. And Good. Yeah. And with that, I'm Rachel Lecky. And you've been listening to Rachel Watches Star Trek. Thank you for listening. <laughs>